Matthew 14.34, and we will read through 15.20 today. Uh, as you're going there, uh, if you remember from last week that Jesus was worshipped by the disciples after he had walked on water and uh, and calmed the sea, and before that he had compassion on many people, and he he gave food to somewhere plus 5,000 up to 20,000 people. And, uh, and then we pick up the story as they come in with a boat. Um, but I, always, I like to uh, show you some maps because I think it's good for us to know that this is... Uh, this is uh, found is in geographical and historical places. It's not just some place that doesn't exist, but it's actually real places. So I get to show you some maps now. I hope you can see. So, uh, so this uh, doesn't work. But the lake up there is the Sea of Galilee. That's the sea they've been been. Uh, uh, the small one, the top one. Uh, we'll zoom in here. Um, and so they're going to be on the northwest side today. Uh, uh, there. So Gennesaret. And they, people would say that's the, where Jesus walked was, was the red part. Um, uh, yes, so we're on this place over here. And this, yeah, remember the Sea of Galilee is like, um, is low and the country rises around it. And a lot of Jesus' ministry is around this area. So he's been to Capernaum, he's been to this side over here and healed the guy with the demons. And next week he's going to go further out and up. Uh, we'll see that. And if you go like this, all these things happen. But, yeah. And now we'll read the text. Um, and when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around all that region and, to, and brought to him all who were sick. And implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said. Why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them. And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother what you would gain from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, 
but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandment of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if a blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes through the stomach and it is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defiles a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Amen. So in my small uh, attempt to do a kid's sermon before, we did talk about some of these things. And we'll talk a little more in detail about the questions that come up here. And just to start Uh, Jesus is not saying you should not wash your hands. Uh, That is not what he's saying. He He is saying that what had become, um, actually I do have a, let me just use that one. So the Mishnah, uh, yes, devotes a whole huge section to discuss how you should wash your hands. And good good Jews were expecting to pour to perform this ritual hand washing before and during after each meal, or if they had been with unclean people, or people they thought they were unclean, or if they came from the market or anything. They also talk about having to wash their couches or sprinkle their couches. And then here here it becomes now it becomes uh, what Jesus is opposing. To neglect the first or third washing was considered serious sin, possibly a deadly one. Such washing was not prescribed by the Old Testament law, but was a tradition passed to the first century Jews by their elders. Many teachers gave these human tradition authority equal to that of the Old Testament commandments. So, so Jesus is not saying you should not wash your hands or, or, or uh, not, um, that he doesn't believe in bacteria. He, he is confronting a behavior where human traditions have been put over the word of God. And that's why we see this pretty big, uh, what do you call it, pretty big... Um, pretty big confrontation 
Oh, I have another map. Um, so again, in the first part, we read about these people. They're sailing. The, the Jesus has just walked on the water, and now they're sailing into this region of the land of the Gazarenes. Then, if you take a look at what the text says, it says like, when they recognize, when the men of that place recognized who Jesus is. They start calling people from that whole area and saying that he's here. And these people are so wanting to go to Jesus that they bring people in from all around. And this faith that maybe we've heard, maybe they heard the story of the women with the bleeding back in nine, chapter 9, 20, that she just touches the fringe of his garment they are saying, if we just touch this man, we will be met well. And that's what Matthew writes in 36. They're just asking Jesus, can we please just touch your clothes? And then it says, and as many as touched it were made well. What a huge contrast to the people that rejected Jesus last week from his hometown. The Nazarites saying, we don't know where you got this teaching from but we're rejecting you you are offending to us these people might not have a clue who Jesus is but they do believe that he can heal them they run to him where the other people say go away we don't want anything to do with you I think if I go like this it will be bigger ha So, of course, it is not Jesus' clothes that heals them. It's by faith that they are healed. They believe that Jesus can heal them. And I've asked this question once, or maybe too many times at this point, but where are you at? We also, before we prayed, sometimes the words of the Lord are not easy, especially in Matthew. He's very challenging. And today we're going to have our hearts bared open to have to look into what is in there. So do you get offended by Jesus? And if you do, why? Will you choose to take offense or will you choose to run to Jesus? The people of the it's because I have it in, he- in my head in Danish and it's not pronounced the same way. <laughs> Gennesareth. Um, they, could, they run to Jesus. Is that our heart's attitude to run to Jesus or will we be offended by his words? And Jesus is not going uh, min- to hold back today. He will correct the Pharisees strongly. Okay, so then I have the other maps. Because uh, just out of curiosity, I was thinking, how far? The red line is uh, not the right one, but you have to look at Jerusalem that's down there. And then uh, the, the people are on the other side of the dots up there. So they have to go this way, but they wouldn't want to go through Samaria. So they would still take... Um, they wouldn't want to go through Samaria because they're uh, half-breeds, unclean. So they will go out of that area. So they might have gone this way. So we're talking about 
a trip of somewhere between 80 to 100 kilometers that they are walking. Have they been set out to spy on Jesus, these Pharisees? Are they sent out to check if his teaching is okay? Probably. What I found a little bit strange, even even as we read the commentaries of how... Um, even as we read the commentaries of how important these washings are for these people, that they think it's a deadly sin, in my own mind, I'm like, they're walking 80 to 100 kilometers and they're going to talk about washing hands? Jesus has just fed thousands of people, walked on water, has just healed people, and they come and ask, why don't your... Why don't... Your disciple wash your hands the right way. I think it illustrates how blind they are. They're standing right in front of Jesus who's done all those things. And they come and talk about washing of hands. <laughs> and see and see their insolence or their trickiness. They don't accuse Jesus. They accuse in this passage his disciples. And they say, like, why do they why are they breaking the traditions? And this is where Jesus, he's not he's Jesus is not gonna hold back. Like I could just I imagine Jesus being like and it's very interesting to see Jesus. He never answers the question. He poses another one. And so that's also a traditional thing to do. But here you see, he doesn't answer. But he says, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and what, whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. And then he confronts them in their hypocrisy by saying, because, because you say that anyone who tells his father and his mother what, should, what you should gain from me is given to God, then you destroy, you nullify the word of God by saying, saying that. Then, Six, he need not honor his father. For the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well, did I say a prophesy when he said of you, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandment of men. The, the disciples are so funny. They come and ask a question afterwards. So let's just say Jesus is not super impressed with what they come and accuse the disciples of. No, he, he asks back, what in the world are you thinking? You are so concerned about how you wash your hands. But you've made laws that actually undermines 
the loss of God. And Jesus, he, he is excited at this point. He, he says like, in, in three, he says this, that in, as he says it, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? He doesn't stop and wait for them to answer. No, he wants to finish and explain. No, no, no. You don't get it, do you? You made extra laws that undermine the word of God. Your tradition has been elevated over the word of God. And not only that, it breaks the word of God. So you complain about ceremonial washings while you make laws that break the word of God. Maybe at this point in time you're scratching your head a little bit and be like, but what, what is this all about? Well, unfortunately, because of greed, a system that was called uh, Corban was made, in, was made, made uh, possible. So let's say you... Let's say you are a greedy person and you, you didn't want to help your parents then what you should have helped your parents with, you could say, okay, but, but this thing here, or this, this is given to God. And then I naively thought that they actually give it to God. But then as I was reading the commentaries, they don't. They just leave it in their own house and say, no, 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 you can't, I can't give this to you. This is for God. But they didn't go and give it to the temple. They just said, this thing, this thing, and this thing is given to God. So it's really about greed and not wanting to help other people. And, and, and Jesus quotes two different places where it says you, you have to honor your mother and father. And if you dishonor them, you, you're supposed to die. How can you have a law like this? How can you have a tradition like this where you do this on purpose? Because of your greed and your selfishness. So Jesus is pointing out the absurdness of this. That they break God's law by making new, new unrighteous traditions because of greed. And Jesus calls them hypocrites. He's done that before. Not only calls he, does he call them hypocrites, he also goes and talks about um, talks about how how Isaiah have foreseen them, how he said of these people, how he said of the Pharisees and the scribes. You, the words that come out, they, they seem to honor me, 
I see right through you. And your hearts are far, far from me. How do I know that? Because you don't teach the word of God. You make up your own laws and teach them as if they were my word. And then Jesus, I don't know if he pushes the, <laughs> pushes the, uh, or maybe they leave because they are offended. Uh, but now he calls the crowd to himself. He calls, the, he calls the crowd over and wants to teach them. And he says, hear and understand. It is not what comes in the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. And then I like the disciples are so great. <laughs> they have these great observations. Last week they also have these great observations. And again today, you know. Do you know that the Pharisees was offended at what you said? How couldn't they be? Jesus just said that they were fake worshippers, that they were more about their traditions, that their 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 worship was fake. They were greedy and lawbreakers. So yeah, it's probably Jesus knows that he offended them. But they needed to be offended. This was the grace of God grace of Jesus to point out their inconsistencies and say you're living after traditions that cannot save you not only that you break the law of God for your traditions and you accuse my disciples because they don't follow your tradition but you break the word of God And not only that, you say you worship God, but you don't. You worship yourself and your tradition and your greed. So yes, I do think Jesus was well aware that he offended them. But I like the disciples because they're like, Did you know that you were, that the Pharisees were offended at what you said? And again, Jesus doesn't respond. He doesn't respond. He just he doesn't respond to that. But he just responds. He just say, "Yeah, I know they're offended." He just says, "I'm thinking back on the parable of the weeds and the tares." He says about God, "Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up." Leave them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a pit. So Jesus is saying, you know, their traditions and their greed and their worship of themselves has made them blind to see who I am. And they will be uprooted and removed if they are not planted by my Father. Again, if we 
just stop and think about even this confrontation. It's like, oh, Jesus is so mean. Well, he's given them another chance to repent of their behavior, of the sin in their hypocritical life, and say, no, you have to obey the law of God, not your traditions. Then he says, like, leave them alone. They're blind guides. And they will just lead people astray. So if you're going to a new city, today I saw a cruise ship today, and they are guides. But you're not going to pick the one that comes with a walking stick. And like some, like you can see that they are blind. So Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't follow them. They are so blind that if they continue this way, they will not lead people in worship. They will not lead people to God. Their false teaching would lead to their destruction. And then Peter shows that he is not a hypocrite. Because Peter asks another question. <laughs> Peter's not pretending. He's just honest. Uh, Jesus, can you just explain what you just said? Peter said, can you explain this parable to us? And Jesus goes like, you still don't understand. I think the cool thing about Peter is that in this case, it's better to be like Peter. He's honest where he's at. He's honest that he doesn't know. The same with us. Don't sit in church and, 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 and or in your relationship with God and then just pretend. Then it's better to ask questions. better to ask Jesus. I don't get it, Jesus. Please help me. That's way better than pretending to know or pretending to have a relationship. Jesus goes on then to Jesus goes on then to explain what is it that defiles us? What is it that makes us unclean? And Jesus again says, it's not what you put into your mouth. Because what you put into the mouth goes through the digestive system and comes out again. That doesn't defile you. But then for all all of us, this is going to be what he's going to get at. What defiles us is what comes out of our mouth. Because where does that come from? That comes from our heart. When we talk about heart, it's not the physical organ. It's the sum total of who we are. So when Jesus says these things that... that what comes out of our heart is evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, not to eat with unwashed hands. So what does that defile a person? The soul some being of who we are and what, how that is expressed in our thoughts, words, and deeds, it is what defiles us.
So it's not about washing the hands. It is an accusation against making tradition more important than the law. But when we look at our hearts, at soul, some, some of who we are, it depends on who we believe Jesus is. What is in our heart about that? It's not only what we know or say, but what is it that we really want? What is it that we really long for? What are we willing to fight for? What comes out when we are under pressure? What comes out when we triumph? What comes out when we're sad or mad or frustrated or full of grief? What comes out then? And we might respond back to Jesus, you know, but, you know, I don't kill people. I don't have sex with people. I don't slander people online. I, I don't really have evil thinking or I don't lie or, or each of those things. But then we have to go remember back to Jesus' teaching. He says, it's not just about what comes out of your mouth. It's what you think as well. Because your actions become out of your thinking. So what thoughts are in our hearts, in your heart? And why? Why would I even ask this? Because I think I already said it. If we look into what's in our hearts... Sotam being who we are, passions, desires, what we want. We have to look at that and, and hold it up and say, do I want this more than who Jesus is? Because if I do, I will pursue that instead. If we don't see Jesus as more valuable and worth than whatever that thing is, then we will pursue that What are the things that we do not want to let go of? They will defile us. And need to be replaced with Jesus. What Jesus addresses about a tradition can be one thing. You might actually hold traditions that are not according to the Bible and doesn't they might even break the law. They might even break what Jesus talks about. That's different from our backgrounds. I'm going to risk it here and take one tradition. And uh, it's not a, it is not a permission for you to stop coming, but it's an invitation for you to come with the right heart. So in Denmark and other places, there's been a tradition to go to church. So that tradition is not a bad thing. But it doesn't mean that we worship God because we go to church. We can sit in a church service and be totally unmoved in our hearts because our hearts are not there to worship God. 
to something else we want instead. We can do it because our parents went to church. We can do it because everybody else in our culture goes to church. It becomes like a hobby or tradition. And then you can attach like the Pharisees say, well, if you don't go to church, then you're going to go to hell. Or something like that. So outwardly doing something that looks like a good thing. But if there's nothing changing on the inside, it's not necessarily a good thing. And so let's not be those people that Jesus talks about saying that honor of God is on our lips. And the way we talk is like, oh, about Jesus, about God. But then Jesus looking at our heart saying, you know, you're so far from me. You're way more interested in your tradition or what you want. No, no, let's not be that way. So my encouragement is that don't come to church because it's a tradition. Come instead because you want to worship Jesus. Come because you want to go to glorify God together with the rest of the believers. By the Holy Spirit, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, meeting with God, with the body, to be changed by Jesus as you worship him. Then, going to church is not just a tradition. It becomes a relationship with God and with the other people. And that's a huge difference in how we approach it. And you know this. You who know Jesus know this. What you fill your heart with, what you fill with your mind with, you've been in this place not worshiping sometimes. We all have. Probably. Because we've been full of all sorts of other things. But we also know that God is so good that sometimes he breaks through those things and we can lay those things down and worship God for who he is and he takes the burden away from that. Our concerns, our fears, our failures, our frustrations. He meets us in it. But it will be different for us to come with a heart and a mind to want to worship God. Not because we do it out of tradition, because we do it out of our relationship with God. And wanting to do it with one another. So what about you? What does your heart and mind look like? Are you, am I more like a hypocrite in my relationship with God? On the outside it looks good, but it's hollow on the inside. Or the only thing you've heard today is that you are a sinner who needs help and you are offended by Jesus telling you that you are defiled and you need more than washing of hands. 
I would ask to not be offended, but embrace what Jesus is saying and say, I cannot clean myself. And I would ask, is, is Jesus even wrong? Don't you know that you're not perfect? Don't you know that you have evil thoughts? Or even think that you are better than God? And don't feel bad, because today we're all exposed. Jesus lays our hearts bare. Because Jesus sees and knows. All of us. That's why we say that it's such a desperate need of Jesus. Because no matter how much we wash our whole body, we can't wash away our sin or our defilement. And that's why in response to Jesus is so important. Because as Matthew has been writing and showing us, Jesus is the response, is the is what is going to break down all those man-made traditions and restore the word of God and restore relationship with God. Because we've all rebelled against God and made our own traditions and our own things. And Jesus comes to clean that out. Not with the water, but in his life, and in his death, his blood can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he doesn't stay dead. He rises again as he said he would and offers us a new heart, a flesh that is molded in his likeness. So when Jesus comes and lays us all bare, it's an invitation just like it was with the Pharisees. Jesus says, I'm the one who can make you clean. I am the one who can restore you to God. I can forgive your rebellion. I can make you new. So don't run away from Jesus. Confess your confusion. Repent. Ask him to heal your heart and your mind. That's freedom not man-made traditions. They form a form of bondage, sin, and selfishness. And I think I have one more slide. I thought he just phrased it so well. So I come from a, a, a skepticism of traditions, especially after becoming a Christian. So forgive me if you love some traditions because this one's going to hit traditions hard. Tradition is something external, while God's truth is eternal in the heart. People obey traditions to please men and gain status, but we obey the word of God to please God. Tradition deals with ritual, while God's truth deals with reality. Tradition brings empty words to the lips, but truth penetrates the heart and changes life. Actually, tradition robs a person of the power of the word of God.
if you're a person who loves traditions, there's a little bit of hardcore. But I do think there is something very true about this. Because traditions are sometimes made for us to remember something. Problem is sometimes tradition gets the life of their own and they're not even supporting what they're supposed to remind us about. So what he was just saying is that it's not about outward conformity to some tradition. It's about obedience to God through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That is what Jesus invites us into. Real relationship. Not just on our lips, but in our hearts and out of us. So that's the offer that's there today. We've been said, you, are, you have to bend the files. But Jesus, he shows us a way. So don't run away from him. Come to him. And be a little more like Peter. Don't be a hypocrite. Ask God when you don't know something. Don't pretend. I had a conversation with somebody who was here at a church. And this is the end. And he just said to me, you know, I come from a different religion. I was like, okay, great. You're definitely welcome. Because we're going to talk about who Jesus is. And I've had friends that came very adamant saying, you know, I'm not a believer, but I'm here to learn about Jesus. What a beautiful story. The person had their life changed. That's the same for us. Whether you grew up in a tradition, go to church or you didn't, it's about a relationship we have with God. That's the only thing that can cleanse us from our unrighteousness and give us new life and relationship with Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for our hearts in this moment. I pray that you would You touch each of our hearts as we are turning to you in honor and worship. Help us to get rid of the things that are not that right and trust in you instead. I pray for I pray for people where this is difficult for whatever reason. I pray we'll be honest. I pray in this case we'll be a little bit more like Peter asking, continuously asking you, Jesus, to help us. Lord, I ask that you would help us to make us a people who worship you with all of who we are. Not just with lip service, but with all of who we are. And I ask that you glorify and honor yourself in in our lives as you do that. In Jesus' name.